This past summer, Andrew and I were talking about the possibility of planting a church together. And so one day he invited me over for communication practice. I never met most of the staff here at Grace, so I was like, it'd be a great opportunity just to see if I'd be a good fit here. And so before I came over, though, I asked him, I was like, hey, do I need to be prepared to say anything? I mean, it is communication practice. I mean, do I need to be ready to say anything? He's like, no, don't worry about it. Just come over and just hang out with us. Well, I don't know if you all know this, but your pastor is a liar because, because I, I get over here. I got over here that morning, and they're doing an exercise where everyone gets on the stage one by one, and communication practice is horrible because it's all unplanned. You can't plan for anything. You have no idea what you're going to do when you get in here. And so everyone gets up here one by one, and they start off, they have to build anticipation for God's Word. And so they get up here, they build anticipation for a few minutes, and then they come over here, we've got this screen out, and then they would tap this screen, and then a, a passage or a piece of scripture that Andrew had picked would pop up and then they had to preach on it and teach on it for the next few minutes and so Dan does this and of course he just knocks it out of the park and then Brent McKenzie do a really good job and then Tracy gets up or she does really well and I'm like my goodness even the finance lady can preach here at Grace what's going on and so I'm I'm sitting back here a few rows back and I am the longer this goes on I am sinking in that seat. Like, I am so nervous. My heart's pounding out of my chest. I'm sweating because I knew, I knew Andrew was going to make me go. And sure enough, he was like, all right, Dakota, let's see what you got. And so I get up here, start building a little anticipation, share a story, and it's going really well. I'm like, man, I've, I've got this. This really isn't that bad. So I tap the screen. My verse comes up. I'm feeling good and confident. And so I see a word in my verse that I'm like, I really want to highlight that one word. And so I, I, go to, I go to point at that word, and I accidentally tap the screen. And so it goes to the next slide. And now I'm running the exercise because the people who are going to go after me, they're seeing their verse, and they're not supposed to. So everyone down here is like, no, 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 go back, go back. And I'm like, okay, I will. And so I tap it. It goes to the next slide. And they're like, no, you have to use two fingers. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Two fingers. Oh, one, two, easy. Boom, goes to the next slide. Like, no, you have to put your fingers together. I'm like, I'm trying here. Like, I'm up here having a full-blown panic attack. Like, I am up here freaking out. But the good news is, is that Andrew, being the loving, caring pastor that he is, took that opportunity to make fun of me. And he's like, like, look, Dakota looks like a caveman up there. Oh, this not work. This not work. (laughs) And it was at that moment I knew that I was not called to plant a church, you know. No, in reality, I, I loved it. I, I loved how the moment I walked through those doors, the Grace staff immediately treated me like I was, I'd been here for years. That, that the moment I walked through those doors, the, the Grace staff, they created this environment where I already felt like family, like I already felt like I was a part of the team. And I left here that day thinking that this was an environment that I would love to work in. And I, can I just let you know that it has not disappointed whatsoever. Every day that I come to work here, this staff, they create that same environment. They create an environment where I feel loved and appreciated and accepted for exactly who I am while at the same time being pushed to be my absolute best. And, and yeah, they, they do it in their own way. Because if you've been here at Grace, you know that the love language here is just giving one another a hard time. And that's why, you know, a few weeks ago, I told you all, now, we play Jeopardy every day, and I've never gotten one single answer. So a few days ago, I walk into the office, and, and this was written on my door. So, so yeah, it's a, 
It's a loving, accepting environment in a frat house kind of way. It's the best way I can describe it. So as we, as we dive into this supporting cast series this morning, we are going to focus on stage designers because the same way that the Grace staff creates an environment here that feels like family, as followers of Jesus, we are called to do that as well. We are called to create environments through being stage designers. A stage designer's job is to set the stage for the main character. Their job is to create an environment for the main character to be seen. But many times, you and I have a hard time fulfilling this role. We have a hard time with his job description because we want to be the main character. We're fine setting the stage for the story as long as we are the main character in that story. But the problem is that as followers of Jesus, we are never the main character in the story. Everything in this book right here, everything in this book is pointing to one thing. In this book, from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, this is all pointing to Jesus Christ. This book, this world, this universe all has one single main character. And I'm sorry, but it's not you, and it's certainly not me. But the main character in this story we call life is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It is Jesus. It is Christ and Christ alone. And so... As followers of Jesus, we have one singular job, and that is to be stage designers. Our job is to set the stage for the main character, to create environments in our lives for others to see Jesus. And we see this in the life of the Apostle Matthew, who as soon as Jesus called Matthew to follow him, Matthew immediately became a stage designer for Christ. We see this in Matthew 9.9. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Notice it says that Matthew was a tax collector. Back then, tax collectors, they had horrible reputations. They were known for cheating people out of their hard-earned money and becoming rich on that money themselves. And this is the This is the type of man that Jesus chose to be one of his 12 apostles because even though Matthew was very far from being perfect, he was willing. Matthew was willing to be a stage designer for Christ. Matthew was willing to use the environments that God had given him in his life to point people to Jesus. We see this in verse 10. It says, later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. The first thing that Matthew did after meeting Jesus was he invited Jesus and others into his home. Matthew was in such awe of who Christ was that he invited all of his friends over and said, you've got to meet this man. Matthew immediately became a stage designer for Jesus. Matthew used his home as an environment for his friends to see and experience and meet Christ. Over the past two months, my wife and I have been hosting two small groups at our house. And all we are trying to do through these small groups is be stage designers. We just want to use our home, the place that God has blessed us with, as an environment where others can see Jesus. Here's a picture of our group who's been meeting together on on Sunday evenings. And this picture of us was taken last week 
when we were meeting at Matt and Pam Jury's house, a family who has volunteered to host the group as well. And, and every time we meet at the Jury's house, they welcome us with open arms. They, they feed us really well. They make sure there's plenty of drinks and places to sit. And, and Matt allows the kids, we've got a lot of little kids that come. Matt allows the kids to go up in his man cave and play around while all the adults stay down and we get in the word together. Matt and Pam are stage designers. Through their hospitality, they are setting the stage for the main character of Jesus. Through having us in their home, they are creating an environment where we can see and know and experience Jesus Christ. So if God has blessed you with a place you call home, what would it look like for you and your family to take this step? For you all to begin to have people into your home with the singular goal of pointing them to Jesus, to have people into your home, to create an environment where those people can feel and experience Christ. And I know that may seem like a scary thing for many people, but it really can be as simple as what we do when we get together. We meet for an hour and a half, and all we do the first 45 minutes, we eat and fellowship and laugh together and talk about our weeks, talk about Netflix. We just have fun with one another. And then for the rest of the meeting, we just get in God's word together. We'll take a short passage of scripture. We'll answer three questions that get us discussing that passage, and then we'll pray for one another. It really can be that simple. So if you are interested in, in hosting a small group, if you're interested in having people into your home and creating that environment for them to see Jesus, or maybe the first step for you is to just get plugged into a small group and to see what that looks like. You can do that by going to gracechristian.tv forward slash connect, or you can meet with Jimmy who was up here earlier, and he would love to help get you plugged in. So Matthew used his home as an environment for others to see Jesus. But listen to who Matthew had over at, as his guest when Jesus was there. Verse 10, later Matthew invited Jesus and the disciples to his home as dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I love the authenticity and realness of Matthew. He, he didn't try to hide who his friends were. Ma Matthew was real. He said, hey, this is, this is just who I am. He invites over all of his tax collectors and all these, the Bible says, disreputable sinners. He invites all of them over because Matthew wasn't just a stage de designer with his home, but he was also a stage designer with his life. Through his authenticity, Matthew set the stage for people to see the main character through his realness. Matthew created an environment for those people to see Jesus. But look at the, the difference in reactions to Matthew's authenticity. In verse 11 it says, But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? The Pharisees were a sect of religious leaders of that day, and these men were known for strictly observing and following the Jewish laws. But even though they, they looked like they had it all together on the outside, they were really broken and horrible men on the inside. That's why Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. He said, you look great on the outside, but you are dead and decaying on the inside. These men had no desire to be stage designers because, because it was all about them. They had no desire to set the stage for Jesus because they wanted to be the main character in the story. That's why the Bible says that they would walk around town in long, flowing robes, and they would stand and pray really loud prayers in the city square. And when they would go to a banquet, they always wanted to sit in the, in the place of honor so everyone could know 
that they were important. No desire to be a stage designer because they were the main character in their story. So these religious leaders would act like they were perfect and that they loved God, but but Jesus and most of the people of that day saw right through their fakeness. And that's why so many people of that day had turned away from from the Jewish religion and the non-believers of that day wanted nothing to do with this Jewish religion because, because they saw through that fakeness. That they had no desire to follow a bunch of fake leaders. This, this phony leadership, this phony religion, it, it, it did not attract them whatsoever. And, and sadly, we still see this in Christianity today. That if you asked most non-believers here in Georgetown or anywhere else in America why they don't come to church on Sundays, so many times you'll hear something like, well, all of those Christians are fake. All those Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. And many times they're not saying that we're fake because of our flaws and failures, but they're referring to the fact that we act like and pretend like those flaws and failures don't really exist. How our kids are heathens just like their kids, but we act like ours are perfect little angels. How we struggle and wrestle with with fear and anxiety and depression but we act like we're above those things. How, how our marriage struggles and goes through difficult times, just like theirs, but we act like we somehow have the perfect relationship. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a, a pastor over the years say something like this. In the 38 years I've been married, my wife and I have never had one single fight. Really? Not, not a single fight. Not even when you all have everything you need, but she still somehow finds a way to spend $67 every time she goes to Target. Like that, like that doesn't cause a fight. Not, not even when you all are getting ready for church and she's rushing around, feeding the kids, putting clothes on, sweating head to toe. Meanwhile, you poop for 45 minutes. Like, like that doesn't cause a fight in your house. And, and obviously, these are hypothetical situations I've never experienced. Every, every time I hear a pastor say that, I think, well, isn't that good for you? I bet you never sin either other than that lie you just told. Because I don't know about you, but I have a, I have a real marriage. My wife and I have been married nine years, and it has, been, it has been anything but easy. Our marriage has been a lot like raising kids. It's been the absolute best of times, but sometimes it has been, it has been the worst of times. So when I hear a pastor say him and his wife have never fought. They've never gone through tough times. I cannot express to you how discouraging that is to me, knowing that no matter how hard I work, that I will never be able to attain that. A few years back, my wife and I were going through a very difficult season in our marriage. And I was very, very discouraged because I was falling into the lie that we were alone, that I would look at other pastors and Christians and look at their marriages and I would think, man, they've got the perfect relationship. They've got it all together. But then I would look at ours and I'd say, Colby and I will never be able to have that. Until one day I was listening to one of my favorite pastors, Pastor Matt Chandler. And he said something in his sermon that I'll never forget. He said, the first six years of my marriage were absolutely horrible. He said they were awful. He said, I was a horrible husband. She struggled at being a wife. And our, our relationship was absolutely miserable. And he was a full-time pastor. 
in those six years. He was planting a church just like I am in those six years. And I know it sounds, no, it sounds weird, but when he, when he said that, I cannot tell you how encouraging that was to me. To know that I wasn't alone. To know that, that my wife and I, that we weren't the only one, that I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, that we didn't have the only relationship that struggled and went through really difficult times. The, the fakeness of those other pastors was so unattractive to me, and maybe they were telling the truth, but that is a level of perfection that I'll never see in this life. So it was so, it was so unattractive to me, but the realness of Matt Chandler so attractive to me that, that he was a stage designer, that through his authenticity, he set the stage for the main character, that through his realness, he created an environment where I could see Jesus through his life. And, and when I heard that, I thought, man, that is the type of leader that I would follow. And this is the type of leader that Jesus was. Jesus ate with prostitutes and drank with sinners. Jesus was real and authentic. And that's why Jesus' response to Matthew's authenticity was the complete opposite of that of the Pharisees. We see this in verse 12. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know They are sinners. Jesus called out the fakeness and hypocrisy of these religious leaders and said that following him is not not about being fake and acting like you're perfect, but it's about being real and knowing that you're not. Jesus came to do away with rigid religion. Rigid religion was all about being perfect and checking all of these religious boxes and living up to a certain standard, a standard that you and I can never attain, that we can never live up to as humans. And that's why the religious leaders of that day, that's why they had to fake it. But the great news for you and I was that Jesus was a stage, a stage designer. Jesus said over and over again that I didn't come to do my will, but I came to do my Father's will. Jesus came to this earth to set the stage for you and I to receive salvation, which was his Father's plan all along. Through dying on the cross, Jesus created an environment for you and I to be able to believe and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through his sacrifice, Jesus did away with rigid religion. And now he offers us a real relationship. Jesus offers us a relationship that is founded on love and grace and mercy. It is real and there is nothing fake about it. And yes, when we follow Jesus, we should absolutely become more and more like Christ every single day. But we are never going to be perfect. And Jesus says, that's okay. We're always going to have flaws and failures. And Jesus says, you can bring all of your flaws, all your failures, all your mistakes and mess-ups. And you can still bring them to me and be in a real, genuine, authentic relationship with me. And so when we put down this rigid religion and we enter into a real relationship with Jesus, it allows us to live our lives with a genuine, authentic realness. And we believe this and, and have experienced this so much here at Grace that this is one of our core values, that we, we make it real. And that's why our leaders of Andrew and Dan get up on this stage every week, and that's what they do. They make it real. They do what the Apostle Paul said. They boast 
in their weaknesses. Because we know here at Grace that to be a stage designer for Jesus, we have to be real. That our authenticity is attractive. That our authenticity sets the stage for others to see the main character. That through our realness, we create an environment where others can enter into a real relationship with Jesus. What I love about this church is that this is the environment that so many of you help create every Sunday when we come together. This church is full of stage designers, those who who create an environment every week for all of us to see Jesus. From Anna and those who keep this place clean throughout the week to the band and how they practice every Thursday night and come in here Sunday mornings before you all get here to practice on their worship, on their craft, to the volunteers back in Kid City who take care of our, our kids for an hour every week and give us a break for them, praise God for them, to the first impression team that, that greets us at the door with a smile and keeps the coffee hot and flowing to the, to the production team that creates this unbelievable environment for us to worship in every Sunday. You all. You all are stage designers because you don't do it for credit. You don't do it to be out in front and be seen. You don't do it for a paycheck because you know that you're not the main character in the story. But you do it to set the stage, create the stage for the main character of Jesus to be seen. You volunteer countless hours here at Grace so that you can help create an environment so that broken and hurting people can come into this building and they can be in an environment where they can see Jesus and how they can have a real relationship with him. If you weren't here last week, I want to remind you that it's working, that God is using you We had eight people come up here last week and make a public, yeah, eight people get baptized. We had eight people get baptized last week, go public with their faith. So God is changing lives through you setting the stage for Jesus. And if this is something that you'd like to be a part of, if as I've talked this morning, it's stirred in you, think, man, I, I want to get involved. I, I want to jump. So I don't want to just sit on the sidelines. I want to get in the game. I want to be a part of something that is bigger than myself. And you want to help create an environment for others to see Jesus. I'd encourage you, like Dan said earlier, to, to join us next Sunday at Discover Serving. Discover Serving is where you can learn how you can use the gifts and talents that God has given you to help set the stage for Jesus right here at Grace Christian. And again, you can can register for that by going to gracechristian.tv forward slash connect. So remember, when you show people hospitality, you're not just having people into your home, but you are setting the stage for the main character. In your home, you are creating an environment for others to see Jesus. When you live your life With authenticity, you're not just being a genuine person, but you are setting the stage for the main character. Through your life, you are creating an environment for others to see Jesus. And when you put the grace flags out here by the road every Sunday morning, 
and you welcome people as they come in and you take care of screaming babies while we're in here worshiping together. You're not just doing religious activity, but you are setting the stage for the main character. Here at Grace, you are helping create an environment where others can see Jesus and enter into a real relationship with him.